All right, we're back. And per usual, timing was horrible because I went on vacation uh, at the end of last week. And Thursday was when I left. Thursday is exactly when all the best stuff happened, unfortunately. So we're going to be a little late on one or two things. I have a, We have a really fun Monday reading I want to do. And it's regarding something that happened on Thursday. It's about the, the Tesla's AI robot that they revealed on that day, I'm pretty sure. So very excited about that. How you doing, Joey? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Just got the call right before this right before we started recording here i think i i think i officially have a, ho- a house wow my girlfriend and i so exciting news that is fantastic news that yep. you once again bought another house in the top of the housing market yep well the good thing is up here in pa things have been starting to slow down so we got a really good deal on it mortgage payment is only 1100 a month and then uh with taxes and utilities all that it comes out to Right in our budget, so it it worked out for the best. I know you. I know you made a good choice. I just really like giving you shit because it's too easy. We literally run yep. a finance podcast, and you bought a house. <laughs> it, it is what it is. You know, it's. I think it's funny. Yep, I spent all morning budgeting, so numbers work out, and uh, and it's right in South Fayette, right where I grew up. So good. I'm glad we'll be missing you down here, but you know, there's always time. to Convert to the dark side. I'm, oh, I'll be down sooner or later, whether it's when I'm 50 or when I'm uh, 30. <laughs> We'll be happy to have you. Well, I was in Wisconsin this past weekend. It was a Oregon, Wisconsin. And my first thought immediately was, why the heck did they name a city after another state? That actually kind of really grinds my gears. And they did it again. There's another city in Wisconsin that's named after another state. I don't remember what it is, but that kind of pisses me off just a little bit. You said there's a city in Wisconsin named Oregon? Yeah, so like Wisconsin? Yeah, like Oregon, but they pronounce it Oregon. I, I don't really know why, but that's what it is. Ah. There's another one. Uh, I don't know. You'll win a free virtual high five if you look it up after the show. But either way, we were up in about three hours north. And so, you know, my favorite thing that I found is I obviously had to be like, all right, I got to learn as much as I can about these markets up here while I'm here and kind of make the, make the most of my vacation in which I'm doing nothing productive. So I was asking around a couple of guys who work in construction. I was like, all right, so, you know, what does like an acre of land go for around here? And he said... Oh, I don't know, probably like a three, four, an acre, something, three, four thousand, something like that. And they're goofy accents that I just, I love so much. I love how everyone talks up there. It, it makes me very happy. But so <laughs> I was laughing because I was like, okay, what is, what is an expensive acre of land up here? And they said, oh, about $6,000 an acre would be probably the high water mark. And I said, well, what did, uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you think about this? Miami, you're probably paying about a million. <laughs> they just couldn't believe it. <laughs> said yeah jacks yep we see upwards of like 180 200,000 that's kind of like nothing that's like the average maybe oh my god that makes me sick i can only imagine how much land like the families that live out there own then you know on average that'd be interesting to figure out it's tons it's absolutely tons yeah. you'll pass you'll pass like three different hills three intersections they're like oh yeah the um the McMahon's farm owns uh, that whole land that we just passed. I'm like, what? <laughs> All of it? Said, oh, yeah, I've had that since like the 1800s. It's crazy. It's just too cold to be up there for most of the year. So a lot of companies don't want to be there. Well, here's the question, too. Is there a lot out there? I mean, do you have uh, like, obviously, there's no huge cities, I'm assuming. But is there like towns, like movie theaters, um, shops? I mean, I guess you don't really need any of that nowadays. But is there entertainment and stuff to do? We passed through a bunch of towns. I think if you're going for a small town feel, you could do a whole lot worse. I mean, Again, it was just absolutely gorgeous country. But there was a point. So we went three hours north, basically at like the Canadian border. And there was a point in time, about an hour before our destination, where my friend said, okay, that was the last of civilization you're going to see. And I was like, what, really? It's like, they said, yep, that's it. <laughs> Say goodbye. 
Oh, geez. You're probably not finding a Tesla supercharger in the northern parts of Wisconsin. So I counted. I found five Teslas in my trip. That's what I saw. And that was the whole time. Yep. And it was there was two Model 3s and three Model Xs, which are the SUVs. I, I made a point to count, too, because I was like, I, I don't think anyone up here drives anything that's not a truck. Yeah, I'm, I would be curious to see how many charging stations there are spread out across that state. Because obviously, I'm sure there's some, mm-hmm. but I think it would take some planning before you drove across Wisconsin in a Tesla. Right. You have to know exactly where you're going. I, yeah, everyone I talked to about it said the same thing. They're like, yeah, we can't get an electric car up here because there's nowhere to charge it. I said, that makes sense. I don't blame you. And gas is not that yeah. expensive up there. They haven't been hit by it. Uh, they're lucky because we're paying an arm and a leg in the Northeast. Yeah, South is the same too. I think the South's more demand driven just because there's so many flipping people here constantly using it. Our highways are just so flooded. Oh, I can imagine. It is crazy. Well, I mean, on the good news, I guess it's good news, to, good or bad, depending on where you stand politically. I, I don't really care. We don't talk about that. But the one of the vaccines got the full full approval or whatever. And I had no idea that it wasn't under full approval. I didn't know there was a different step in this process. There was like emergency recognition or something. And then after that is full approval. And I guess that was a really big step. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah. The way I read the breakdown was, I guess, emergency use means there's tens of thousands of uh, cases, um, sample trials to back it up. Full approval means there's hundreds of thousands. So just more data, um, more security and more safety and peace of mind for people who opt to go get it. I think it's a great idea. And, you know, I don't really want to take a stance on the whole thing for because for some reason people mm-hmm. think it's political, but I just... At the same time, it's another win for science when someone comes out and is like, look, we have so much data backing it up. You literally can't deny something. And that that makes me happy because hey, there's just so much confusion these days. Yeah, it's always good to see when the numbers check out and um, you have solid proof and, and findings to back something up that you're asking the public to do. So the more data we have, the better, I think. Right. I agree with that. All right. We're moving on. I found something really, really cool today. Uh, so it's called the... I don't know if you pronounce it VI or VY, but spelled VY 400 VTOL, which is virtual takeoff or landing, something like that. And it's a private company that's basically designing this helicopter plane type thing, vertical takeoff. And uh, they think it's going to be ready for uh, for normal use uh, in 2023, I think, something like that. But you got to look this thing up. It's incredible looking, gorgeous. Goes 410 miles per hour, 550 mile range. And they want six million bucks for it, which you know is just a little bit out of our price range, I think. But one day, who do you sell this to? Is this to just regular consumers, or is this something you sell to companies? I was thinking the same thing. So my train of thought that I came up with, I said, look, I think what you would do is if you were a company like a like a big insurance company or real estate something like that, and you really really wanted to win a big deal, you would take your investors out in it to dinner or something like that. Like it would be just we're going in the VTOL. Like it's like going in the private helicopter, but it's faster and cheaper than a helicopter. Maybe not cheaper. Mm. I don't know how much helicopters cost. <laughs> I don't think I need to know. <laughs> I, say, I don't think that's something I'll ever be shopping around for in my lifetime, but no, definitely not. Who knows, man? Well, either way it's by transcend air, which is a company I haven't heard of, but I wanted to watch them because I think, I think companies like this are really fun. Even if they completely tank out, the fact that they're pushing it along makes it easier for other people to do the same because now there's progress been made in the technology. I love that stuff. Yep. Improvement for just improvement's sake is always good because it pushes other people to improve as well and progress. So um, never a bad thing. 
I agree with that. All right, I got another big one, uh, and then I'm gonna let you go, and then we're gonna do the reading, the Monday reading. So this was a big report I found in the journal this morning. Um, it was talking about how private banks are having to buy up mortgage debt because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac aren't, they refuse to buy certain kinds, or they put a cap on different kinds. Do you know who Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are? I do not, who are they? So in layman's terms, just super basic, this isn't gonna be the scientific version of it, but they're basically two large government organizations that buy up mortgage debt, and then they repackage it and sell it to people. And the reason you would buy it from them is because it's now government guaranteed. So if they buy someone's mortgage and they package it into a, a, thousand, a, a bundle of a thousand mortgages and say, all right, you can invest in this debt and you'd buy the debt like you would a bond or something, it's gonna repay you on a normal schedule. The reason you would do it is because it's backed by the guarantee of the federal government and our federal government has not yet defaulted on a loan ever, even though we're X trillions in debt to different countries. Uh, Blech, whatever. <laughs> but, I want to get bogged down and all that. Yeah, so much, so much debt. But either way, so that's the reason you would do that. But they came out recently and said, "All right, we're not buying certain mortgages, such as second home mortgages or investment properties." They capped the amount that they would do, and that was earlier this year. So the report was all about how private banks are now buying up this kind of thing. It was uh, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo, and uh, I think there was one more, but. The big, the big names and the big players are now sucking them up and repackaging them. And all I could think was, is this 2008 in return? And I don't think I, I don't think I have an opinion on it. I actually don't know because I didn't, I, I didn't know what was going on back then. I would hope not. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's tough to say, <laughs> but giving my personal circumstances i would hope it's not 2008 again shoot but well i mean there's a lot of similarities so like the similarities are the the prices are going crazy everyone's buying everyone's taking out mortgages um i don't remember if the rates were super high back then i, I can't remember but i mean what was happening is they were buying mortgages that didn't exist and creating people that didn't exist and that kind of screwed everyone but at the same time Information moves, and this is a big theme, I think, of our show. Information moves so flipping fast these days that I think we're going to be able to figure out and fix if something goes wrong. And, you know, the hammer is going to drop on someone if there's a company that's found to do some really horrible stuff. Yeah, it's got to pull off eventually. Um, maybe it won't be as severe as 2008, hopefully, fingers crossed. But <laughs> like, like you said, the hammer is going to drop on someone if they're doing something wrong and eventually you know the market's got to cool because right now it is uh bizarre yeah it's absolutely nuts no one really knows to make what to make of it i mean so i was talking with a good friend of mine who was a listener in the show and he, he asked me two things he was like hey one what do you think about arc arc investments which is kathy wood's firm that we've talked about before and so you know i gave him the whole rundown of look these people are usually they're more focused on getting people to invest in their funds than actually investing well that being said They've had great historical performance because they bet on all the tech stocks and the 2020 crash. And I don't I don't know how they've done this year, but either way, I said, look, you gotta watch out for this kind of stuff. I, I'm not I'm not truly comfortable giving investment advice in this. I mean, <laughs> it's like I passed I passed my series tests. I'm I technically could be a financial advisor if I needed to, even though those things in particular do not qualify you at all. Though if someone says that they do, they they don't, they're not that hard. But I used to be like, all right, this is exactly what you're going to do. It's easy. We're going to diversify your portfolio, make it great. I don't really know how to give advice anymore. <laughs> it's so different. <laughs> I don't think anyone can give advice anymore, to be honest, whether 
they are a self-proclaimed expert or not. It's so random and volatile in this day and age, especially. You just got to do your own due diligence and research. And uh, and if you go with a financial advisor, make sure they, they do the due diligence and research before putting your money into, into something. Yeah, true that. I almost found myself wanting to say, look, what I actually think you should do is go buy a bunch of really cheap NFTs and spread maybe like 500 bucks across a couple of cryptocurrencies. Like, because what if you miss out? Like th these markets are insane and we're at the very, very, very beginning of their existence. Why not just add those things to your portfolio? Because if I said, yeah, go get a diversified portfolio of stocks and ETFs that targets the overall markets. And if you're young, don't even worry about bonds. In fact, bond rates are so low, don't even worry about them in general, they're garbage. But I mean, if you said that, you'd say, okay, cool. You're probably gonna get an average 8% annualized return. That's not bad. But these stupid 20, 21 year olds are over here making 10,000 a month returns and buying Lamborghinis. Like, don't you want a piece of that? I can't, I can't tell someone not to try to get a piece of it if it's a little bit of money. Yeah, what I was going to actually talk about too, this leads right into it perfectly, was uh, those ether rocks in that, in that article you sent this morning through the morning brew. Oh, I love that. Yep, go for it. And I just had to bring it up since we're talking about um, uh, NFTs and all that right now. So if, if you're if you're out there and you're a listener and you don't follow the Morning Brew, sign up for it. I just did this morning. Um, 100%. They're great. Yep, they talk about stuff similar to what we talk about, just uh, financial news and and different things in the in the same world and realm that we live in. But um, if but this one article they wrote about mm -hmm. <laughs> this one article they wrote about is about a cryptocurrency. It is called Ether Rocks. It's not a crypto. And a it's Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. NFT, not a cryptocurrency, but a 31-year-old crypto mogul named Justin Sun <laughs> I hate that spent $611,000 yep. to buy an Ether Rock NFT yesterday, and he can't even take it home and pet it. Nope. Yeah, I love how they phrase that, too. He, can't nope. <laughs> he bought a pet rock. Perfectly said by <laughs> They do mm -hmm. a good job. Well, wait till you hear what the people are spending on the LeBron clips on NBA Top Shot. It's many millions. It's absolutely crazy. I can only imagine. Do you know off your head? No, there was a record set. I'm gonna have to tag it in the show notes, but I I think the record literally changes like every week. I think third. I want to say like three million, three point two million, something like that. It could be higher. I don't know. So, I mean, this is funny. My buddy and I are actually trying to make an NFT marketplace because it's so crazy. Like, if people are willing to put their money into this stuff, why not? I agree, and they're only growing. The same article about Etherox said OpenSea, which. Uh, it's the biggest is also a marketplace. Yeah, they just passed $1 billion in monthly trading volume. Yeah, so this is interesting. If you have it up real quick, you can correct me because there's a there's a statistic they put on there about how many people they used to have and how many active people mm -hmm. they have now. What is it? So in January of 2021, at the start of this year, they only had 300 active users. As of the time of this article, which came out this morning, was it? Mm -hmm. uh, they have nearly 26,000 users. That's still nothing. We're at the very beginning. It's like like the football mm -hmm. game hasn't even started. We're in the we're in the pre-game advertisements. Like we should be in on this. 26,000 is not many people. <laughs> I know. It makes me think of uh right the dot com bubble right at the beginning of the 2000s when everyone wanted in on building websites and, mm -hmm. and getting a domain. I mean, if you get in now and you get the right right setup, you could be set. So have you heard about like the NFT uh, kitties or something like that? This was one of the first ones they came out with. 
I have not. What are what are these? So this is actually a unique idea that I kind of like because typically they're just literal. They're just it's a conglomerate of pixels that has a single. You're buying the code attached to it because you can't replicate the code, right? But whatever, it's still a picture. So these are interesting. There was like NFT kitties or something, and so you'd buy the code for your cat, and it would have a certain look. It'd have certain properties or whatever, and you would own that one cat, and it was unique in its own way. And so what you could do is you were trying to find special breeds of this cat that were special types of code and you could mesh the codes together to get a new one and they made it like a game to where you were literally trying to breed the most expensive cat and sell it to someone else or auctions and I mean they got to many millions of dollars for the rare ones it, it just it was the wildest thing but you see you look at that and you're like okay there's actually like a game component to this you're you're kind of gambling and you're kind of doing your best but you can win if you're smart I love it and that actually makes me think of another NFT platform have you ever heard of zed run before i haven't so zed run is it's uh i don't know if it'd be considered a marketplace or not but it's nft uh racing horses okay. so you can buy a racing horse or you and your buddies can all go in and get a horse like a real life horse that would run in the kentucky derby and they hold races every night so you can run your horse and there are auctions for these horses i mean they sell for thousands um, hundreds for some of the lower ones. I mean, they can be as expensive as you can imagine. Um, and they're all bred. So let's say you have a, a male NFT horse and a female NFT horse and you want to breed them. Um, and then you can sell the offspring to someone else. And uh, these races go for anything from a $5 ante up to, I don't know, $100 ante up. And, you know, the winning horse takes the pot. How do they so determine just which another one wins? Example. That's what I want to know. I'm sorry. How do they win? How do they determine which one wins? Uh, I have no clue. It has to do with, I'm sure, the horse's genetics and hereditary line. It all stems from, I think, three original horses that they started with when they first launched the platform, and it's just become diluted from there. So, This sounds like a ridiculous way to gamble. Let's do it. Okay, let's go in on one. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. If we want to get all our buddies in and we want to go in on a race horse, I'm there. I think we should have an FGF horse, and we do updates every show to see how it did that night. I'm with it. Yeah, go on. Just Google Zed Run and you can kind of learn a little bit about it. They have a large following already. I don't have a number for how many, but yeah, definitely something to look into. This sounds like a lot of fun. We'll do that. We should probably, we'll, we'll, we'll invest in some NFTs. I got to get my wallet back going because the, the whole the whole uh, cryptocurrency MetaMask wallet thing just still kind of confuses me. It's I know it's made to be as simple as it could be for what it is, but it's still kind of complicated. Yeah, I don't fully understand it or grasp it either. I think before I wanted to, before I would want to get more invested in that world, it'd be worth at least watching a couple YouTube videos, reading some more articles, and doing some more research. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm gonna get the email going. I'm gonna try. Uh, I know I keep saying I'm gonna get it going because I, I, I think I made it. I just didn't write it down, so I don't know what it is. So I'm gonna see if I can find it, and then we can do. We'll do submissions. And what I also the one more thing before we go to the Monday reading is. So I got a Substack going, which is it's like a it's like a way to blog on your Twitter almost kind of sort. And I thought this would be a good tie into that platform. I don't know if we can get too connected, like our two, but we'll we'll figure it out. I'll start posting and see if we can see if we can get that moving. Good deal, good deal. Yep, all exciting stuff. I think it would be fun. All right, let's do our Monday reading. Then we'll wrap up, and that'll put us, I think, at about twenty five, maybe a little under thirty minutes. So we'll still be okay. Ready? Perfect. Yep, right. ready for it. So this is about Elon Musk's new robot. And I, you know, anytime someone's like, I'm going to build a robot, my first thought is, bad idea. It's just a bad idea. Like, <laughs> it's never gone well in the movies. It can't go well here. 
So it's called Elon Musk is building a humanoid robot for mundane tasks. And this literally came out today of this year. All right. During Tesla's AI day event, which I guess was yesterday, Tesla CEO Elon Musk introduced the concept for Tesla bot, a 125 pound 5'8 tall electromechanically automated autonomous bipedal general purpose humanoid robot. That is a really, really fancy way of saying they built you a super average boyfriend. And <laughs> <laughs> Musk showed a few illustrations and talked about his vision for the robot. Okay. It's a content of a six minute long presentation. He pulled the wraps off a humanoid robot that uses AI to take over mundane tasks for people. The face is substituted with autopilot cameras and an information display in Tesla bot besides lifting 150 pounds. 150 pounds isn't anything to sneeze at. I mean, like if you're just kind of bending over and do that, that's pretty good. So you know what? I'm not horribly unimpressed yet. All right, Musk states that the robot, which isn't even at the prototype stage yet, could handle, quote, dangerous, repetitive, boring, end quote, jobs like going to the store to buy groceries. All I have to say is, I don't think I've ever been in danger going to the store. Yeah, the store to buy groceries typically isn't what you would consider uh, something that is life-threatening, but it could turn life-threatening if I'm walking down uh, an aisle and Elon's robot doesn't like the way I look at it, so it just <laughs> wants to... Uh, I don't know. Maybe he thinks I'm a threat and just wants to to put me to sleep right there. Goes full on Terminator. I think they talked yeah. about that for a minute. They were like, "Look, you could literally beat the crap out of this robot if you needed to, so don't be too scared of it." But I I have my own gripes about that. Let's say 150 pounds it can lift. I don't. I wouldn't like to take a punch with 150 pounds of force behind it. It could pick up your small child and go running. <laughs> yeah, and just run away. All right. Uh, where were we? Jobs like going to buy groceries. Okay, quote, essentially in the future, physical work will be a choice, end quote. I think we should stop right there and take a minute and say, I don't think we're anywhere near that. Not for a long time. Yeah, that might be even beyond our lifetime. Like that's a oh, distant dream. That, that got me that got me thinking about my time in Wisconsin when I'm, you know, I'm running around and like every single person has a manual labor job. Most of the places we went did not even take credit card. They were still cash only. People were all <laughs> physical laborers. Like, that's what you did. You worked on the farm. You went home you, with your cash. You go to the bar. That's your day. A lot of the, I think a lot of the world still runs like that. I think on the East Coast, especially, I think we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the nine to five. Oh, and yeah. we just forget the slower pace of life that most of the world lives at. That isn't the select few that live on the Atlantic Coast. Yeah, we're spoiled. Us in California. <laughs> yeah. All right. Musk said he hoped for a Tesla bot prototype next year, but it's anyone guess anyone's guess when you run into one at your local Safeway. There you go. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I'd want to run into one of these at the store. It'd be kind of weird. Musk has also told us we're going to Mars, but no one's brought back a souvenir TV t-shirt or snow globe yet. The Tesla bot we saw was just a skinny dude in a weird onesie. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right, I think the next one's, uh, okay, yep. Tesla can invest a lot of capital in using its robotic car tech and humanoid robots because they can justify mass production. Mass production will lower their cost slash price and eater, wow, yeah, that's a word I don't recognize. Uh, so we're gonna skip it and Im uh, improve their quality and capabilities. I hate when people use words in articles that are like, they're nonsense words just to sound smart. It's ridiculous. You don't understand it if you can't explain it to an eight-year-old. Yeah, that's perfectly said. Um, 
I always try to use words that I understand and can comprehend when talking and writing articles or emails. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I know this is a bit of an aside. This is a huge problem in the real estate industry. It seems like everyone you run into uses these big fancy words and then you get, you boil it down and you're like, those words didn't actually mean anything. You said that because you didn't know what you were talking about and wanted to sound smart. It's ridiculous. Waste of time for everyone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great aside there. Good point. Thank you. And, um, what I was thinking of too, whenever, uh, you said, who knows, whenever, whenever you will run into one of your local grocery store, mm -hmm. who's, what's stopping from someone from getting freaked out, some random 55, 60-year-old, and uh, just absolutely mugging it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what if someone starts, what if someone pulls a gun on the robot, what happens? <laughs> you're out, you're a couple thousand dollars. Shoot, we'd have to rewrite the, okay, let's finish this, because I've got some, I've got some interesting thoughts here. All right. Of course, this won't happen overnight. It's a follow-on ambition or after for after Tesla self-driving tech takes over the global market. Big assumption there. I disagree. This is an answer to what Tesla will focus on next when it's a multi-trillion dollar market cap company making huge profits building robotic network cars, buses, and trucks. Humanoid robots will be a critical part of making Mars settlements self-sustaining. Okay. That's the end. First thing I got to say a cop pulls over a robot. What do you do? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Where do their rights start? And uh, when when does it stop becoming your right as an American citizen and becoming the robot's right? Because uh -huh. someone beats the robot up. Yes, it's your property. But are you entitled to compensation for that? Then we get some crazy human human robot right laws and the morality comes into play. And uh, Elon's playing with fire here. This is crazy. <laughs> say, next thing do you know, next thing you know, do we have a, a new constitution for robots separate from a constitution for American citizens? I mean, I think it's only <laughs> right, but then you get to the vegan's point of view, which is like the cow should have rights. And I'm like, wow, I really like eating the cows. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where to go. From. <laughs> yeah. I can't eat the robot. <laughs> exactly. It's, I don't know. This is a slippery, <laughs> slippery slope. And uh, I think it will make government and politics very, very interesting when Elon starts popping these out. Well, I mean, this might be okay because at this point, no one's going to understand it over the age of like 33. So we're going to have to basically just reset the whole political system, which is good for every side, I think. I don't think that's a political statement. I think that's pretty just good for everyone. I agree. I think we need young blood on Capitol Hill. So 100%. Maybe it works out for the best. Well, whenever we're on Mars, having our robot slaves bring us, I'm sorry, computer. I know my computer's listening to me, so I'm, I'm gonna have to apologize to it later. But whenever our robot <laughs> slaves are bringing us margaritas on Mars, we can, we can talk about how wrong we were. Yep, and then we can go home and thank our savior, Elon Musk, for getting <laughs> us there. Papa Musk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty, uh, I think we've done a lot. What else you got? Um, that's about it for today, for me. All right, send it on your quote, because I'm gonna find a really good one I found. Yep. So my quote today, I'm sorry, everyone, I forgot Friday to leave you with one, but here's what I got. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. It's a famous quote. A lot of you might know it. That's Ferris Bueller from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and uh, nothing could be more true. Oh, well said. He's a wise man, that, that Ferris. <laughs> he is a wise man, wiser than I. I love it. All right, so I got one from Naval Ravikant, who I... I gotta be honest, I don't really know anything about this guy. I see his quotes everywhere. I think he's just a really smart dude that just says smart stuff and people, I think that's literally why he's famous. Like he just, he's a big investor. He bought a bunch of blue chip companies early on and he understands economics and all that stuff. So I, I like reading pretty much anything by him. He said, 40 hour work weeks are a relic of the industrial age. Knowledge workers function like athletes, train and sprint, then rest and reassess. 
I love that because we literally, we live in an entirely different world than we did 50 years ago. Like, it's just, it's so different. And we have all these systems in place that are completely outdated and make no sense. Yeah, I love it. And that's another topic. I mean, we could talk about for another 10 minutes. The 40 hour work week does need readjusted and um, replaced, I think. It's broken. Uh, maybe, who knows? Maybe our generation will be the one to, to make a change in that department. I think we already have. I mean, we got people that literally just live from their phones and it works out just fine. They're, I mean, they're, they're living the creator economy. It, but that's probably worth a whole other episode. So we should we should be careful going down this hole. <laughs> yep, table it for a later discussion. Yep, sounds good. All right, anything else? Nope, that's uh, all I got for us. Okay, that wraps it. Now we're back on the normal schedule. So we'll be back Friday morning and I hope you have enjoyed everything. And otherwise, have a great work week. Yep, have a great week, everyone.